And I have come through that time to really enjoy and appreciate the Old Testament. My favorite book of the Bible is the book of Habakkuk. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with the book of Habakkuk, but it is my favorite book of the Bible. My favorite leader, and we're going to take Jesus off the table here, my favorite leader in the Bible is Joshua. I think he's just a tremendously gifted leader. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is um, by the name, the guy by the name of Jonah. And last night as I was looking at your website, I saw that Pastor Jeremy preached on Jonah six years ago. So I almost changed to preach on Habakkuk. But God is still kind of saying, ah, I want you to, to talk about Jonah chapter 1. And then I get here this morning, and they say, your Bible Pathways class is going through the book of Jonah. So I hope this isn't too much of a repeat um, for you guys um, this morning. Um, so what is, what is the book of Jonah most famous about? Canton, you know this answer. What's Jonah most famous about? What happens in Jonah? He ends up in a big, big fish. Right. Um, Jonah is eaten by a fish. Um, That's what most of us know about Jonah. The fascinating thing is there's only two verses in the entire book that talk about the fish. The end of chapter 1 and the end of chapter 2. And yet it's the main thing. And the end of chapter 1, it says, God appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. The end of chapter 2, and the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto the dry land. So that's really the only two verses about the fish. Um, the book of Jonah is not about the fish. The focus on the book of Jonah, the focus is on God. God is truly in control. God is driving everything in the book. Jonah is not the star of the story. God is the star of the story in the book of Jonah. The second aspect of of Jonah is really the surprising nature of the story. Everything happens is almost the exact opposite of what you would expect to happen, um, looking at the book. So um, Jonah is really an appropriate book for us to study in our times. It speaks and displays on the character of God, his sovereignty, his patience, his desire for all to be saved. Um, an interesting tidbit is each year on Yom Kippur, you know, this, the day the Jews come to celebrate the Day of Atonement, they read the book of Jonah together. And then they say together, I am Jonah. So we're going to do that here this morning. So on one, two, three, we're going to say, I am Jonah. So one, two, three, I am Jonah. Yeah. So open your Bibles to Jonah. Jonah is right in the middle of the minor prophets, those small books at the end of the New Old Testament that we never look at. Um, it is smack dab between Obadiah and Micah, which I'm sure helps a lot. But if you get to Matthew and work your way back to the left a few pages, or feel free to use your table of contents. But we see as we look at chapter 1 that God is in control throughout this first chapter, and we see that first off, God speaks in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. 
Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. It begins, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God, so we need to understand what a prophet was. A prophet was someone who brought the word of God to the people. A prophet sought God, and when God spoke to the prophet, the prophet's job, his duties, his responsibility, was to take that word to wherever God said. Typically, a prophet, if you were of the northern kingdom, you would take it to the northern kingdom. If you're of the southern kingdom, you would take it to the southern kingdom. This is not what happens to Jonah. He has said, take this message to Nineveh, this great city. Um, Jonah was a contemporary of Elijah and Elisha. Um, he was a contemporary, or he came after Elijah and Elisha, was a contemporary of Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, Micah. Um, Jonah's job his career choice was being a prophet. It was what he, he sought the Lord, the word came to him, and he, he did what it said. Um, it was kind of his purpose in life. Just as if you were a teacher, your job is to teach. If you're a barber, your job is to cut hair. If you're a mechanic, your job is to work on, on cars. Prophets hear from God and they take that message to the people. It's what they do. So the word came to Jonah, rise, go to Nineveh. And what was Jonah's response? In verse 3, you would think as a prophet of God that he would obey and pack his sack lunch and head to Nineveh. But that is not what we see in verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So the surprise here is Jonah's response. It says Jonah fled to Tarshish. Jonah went in the opposite direction of where he was called to go. Tarshish was believed to be on the western coast of Spain, roughly 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Um, It was thought by some that this trip would take Jonah up to a year to get to Tarshish. Jonah wanted nothing to do with fulfilling this word that came from God. Absolutely nothing to do. He may not have been resigning his faith, but without a doubt, Jonah was resigning his position as a prophet of God. Um, He was overtly choosing to disobey the word of God and the word that came from God. He wanted nothing to do with Nineveh. And the thing is, I totally get it. Nineveh was an incredibly evil, evil city. An evil people group. Stuff I've read about Assyria and the people of Nineveh was dreadful, terrible stuff. Their leader, Ashur Nasipal II, wrote, I stormed the mountain peaks and I took them. In the midst of those mighty mountains, I slaughtered my enemy. With their blood, I dyed the mountains red like wool. With the rest of my enemies, I darkened their gullies and precipices of the mountains. The head of their warriors I cut off, and I formed those heads into a pillar against their city. Their young men and maidens I burned with fire. I built a pillar over against the city gates, and I flayed all the chief men who had revolted. I covered the pillar with their skins. Something I read said they would bury people up to their neck 
and allow bugs to kill them. Incredibly, incredibly evil people. Our, our comparison in our era could be to be called to go to Hitler's camp in Germany and to preach God's word to Hitler, or to be called to go to an ISIS camp um, in Syria and to take the word. Um, in Jonah's eyes, this assignment was certain death. Um, that's one reason he didn't want to go. The second reason, he didn't want mercy to go to the Ninevites. He wanted God's judgment to go. So he's thinking, if I don't get there with this message of mercy, God will judge and destroy Nineveh, which they wholeheartedly deserve in his eyes. So first we see that God speaks to Jonah. Then we see that God, in Jonah's disobedience, God pursues Jonah. In verses 4 through 6, it says, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the land, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Um, Jonah goes down to the ship, goes down below, flee in the presence of the Lord. The Lord hurls a great storm, um, causes a lot of issues. The sailors start throwing stuff overboard. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, Jonah had gone down to the inner part of the ship. He had laid down, and he was fast asleep. I think the wording used here is very intentional. It said Jonah earlier went down to Joppa. He went down to the ship. He went down to the inner part of the ship, and he laid down. So Jonah is going, you know, the presence of God is here. Jonah's going down to Joppa, down to the ship, down to the inner part of the ship. And, and he's laying down. And, and the word's clear. He's getting as far away from God as he possibly can. And what's, what's the captain's first words that he says to Jonah? Arise! Get up! Come back! to follow your God. Arise. Down, down, down. Arise. We see in verse 7 and following, um, and they said to one another, the sailors, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And, what are, and of what people are you? So the, or the sailors cast lots. It says, hey, Jonah is your issue. So they go to Jonah and interrogate Jonah, saying, hey, basically, who are you? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? Of what people? And Jonah's response is, is really interesting in verse 9. He goes, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. Seriously? You publicly say this, and yet you're going as far from this God that you say you fear, this God of creation. You're going as far away as you possibly can from this God. I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. You know, I read that and think, really? 
Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and they said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has has come upon you. So Jonah says, basically, throw me into the sea and kill me. I would rather die than turn to God. I would rather die than go to Nineveh. I would rather die than be obedient to what God is clearly calling me to do. These sailors... Um, have some sort of integrity. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to sea. They did not want to throw Jonah overboard, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you. O Lord, have done as it pleases you. So the sailors call out to Jonah's God and saying, God, Don't hold this against us, what we're about to do. Everything is the exact opposite. You would expect the prophet of God to call out to God. These pagan sailors call out to God. In verse 15, they pick up Jonah, hurl him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. The sailors pray, and they pray, and I believe it appears here they become saved. Jonah, the prophet of God, his heart is so hardened, he says, I would rather die. Throw me overseas. Throw me into the sea. And immediately the sea sea ceases, the storm ends, and the men fear the Lord. Um, So we see that God speaks, God pursues Jonah, in his disobedience. And lastly, we see that God provides. In verse 17, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The Lord appointed, or some translations say the Lord provided a great fish to swallow up Jonah. I don't want to go into the discussion if this could have happened or not. Um, that's actually sermon two of this series. So I'll, I'll keep you a little bit in limbo, but... I don't want you to leave here and think, gosh, I wonder what that guy thought. I do wholeheartedly believe not only could it have happened, that it did happen. You know, I I take this for what it says. Um, There's a lot of miracles, I believe, that this is just one of them. If I can trust in the resurrection of Jesus, I can believe that this can happen um, as well. So don't leave here saying that we had some whack job up front saying he didn't believe this is true. I do wholeheartedly believe it is true. It is easy for me to read this and really come down hard on Jonah and to really think, Jonah, what? What's going on? I, you know, to get to heaven and have a conversation with Jonah and say, what were you thinking? A clear word from God. And you chose to go down, 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 down and be disobedient. I think, man, I would yearn for such a clear, clear message. 
But sadly, sometimes, okay, many times, we are no different. The word of the Lord comes to us, comes to me. And there's times I choose to go down, down, down. As far away from that obedience to that word as possible. I was sitting in a, this, gosh, probably 25 years ago. Remember it vividly. Sitting in a church service. I was actually attending a Lutheran church at the time. And um, I was a funeral director in those days. Looking, it was a stained glass window church. It was a Wednesday night Lenten service. And I have this overall impression from God I needed to contact um, a couple. Um, Wendell and Cookie Peterson. And I'm thinking, this, that's weird. And that, that nine just didn't leave. And just this burden, you need to contact this couple. So me and my infinite wisdom and strong obedience said, huh, God, that's foolish. And I opted to go down to Joppa, down to the ship, down to the belly of the ship. The next day, I went to work, and I, I thought, I know this couple had a, a daughter die. I wonder when the daughter died. So I pulled out the records. It was one year ago to that date. And I think, Matt, you buffoon, if that's okay to use that word here. So really, I am, I am Jonah. So we, the obvious question is, how do we know when God speaks? You know, and God speaks, I don't know how many went through experiencing God with Henry Blackaby years ago. God speaks through the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. God speaks to us through his word, prayer, circumstances, and the church. I need to caution you with regard to circumstances. Circumstances can never contradict the revealed word of God. So that the, our, the primary way God speaks is through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through his word. Um, we had a, a family, lived out in the country. Their son, driving to high school, got a speeding ticket. They said, this must be God telling us we need to homeschool. I said, maybe this is God telling your son, don't speed. So be careful with circumstances. Had a gentleman come to my office once and say, God is leading me to have an affair and divorce my wife. (laughs) You are being wholeheartedly deceived. So any circumstances um, cannot contradict Scripture. Um, It's one of the purposes, as you feel God leading you, it's one of the purposes of the church. Take it to other godly people in the church. Have them pray about it. Get their input. But God predominantly speaks um, through his word. But as we look at Jonah, my question for you today is, what is God saying to you? What is God, where is it you know God is calling you to? Just as I know God was saying, Matt, you need to call this family. And I chose to disobey. What is God calling you to do today? And you say, I know deep in my soul. This is what God wants me to do. Maybe God is pursuing you to enter a relationship with him. 
you've got this emptiness inside and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And I would say today needs to be that day. Quit running from God. Scripture is clear. Romans 3.23, all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God. So sin separates us from God. Um, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And we see that if you, in Romans 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if God is nudging you into a relationship with him, um, surrender to God. Arise. Get up. Turn um, to God. Perhaps you, you've surrendered, but it's not total surrender. It's a, hey, God, I'll give you Sunday morning. Maybe I'll give you Wednesday night, but the rest of the week is mine, especially Friday and Saturday night. It's mine. I want to do whatever I want. Arise. Get up. Surrender to God. Perhaps someone has harmed you or someone has harmed one of your kids or even worse, someone has harmed your grandchild. And God is saying, forgive them. <laughs> God, you have no idea. You have no idea what they've done to me. Arise. Get up. Maybe it's to reconcile a relationship. And you say, they need to take the first step to me. I'm not going to them. Scripture is pretty clear, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. God's saying, take that step. Maybe take that step again. Maybe take that step again, but you're saying, no, I'm going down to Joppa. I'm going down to the ship. I'm going down as far away from this command as possible. Maybe it's to be involved in ministry of some type. Um, you know, I believe everyone, God has given you gifts and abilities to use for his kingdom in some way. And God's saying, hey, I want you to do this or that or this or that. And if he hasn't said that, I, pr- I ask him. You know, God, how can you best use my giftedness for your kingdom? And then you choose to obey or you choose to go down, down, down. And as you're going down, 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 God continues to pursue us. As he's saying, arise, get up. Maybe it's in regard to your finances. Say, God, you can have my life, you can have this, but you sure can't have my checkbook. Arise, get up. Maybe it's as simple as just getting to know your neighbor. I have a turquoise table in my front driveway, and I try to spend a couple hours with my coffee out Saturday mornings, strictly to try to get to know neighbors and get to know people in the community. Um, Easy thing. Until I want to sit in the air conditioning. Or yesterday would prefer to watch the British Open than to be out at my picnic table. Thankfully, my iPad can stream. Um, But then somebody came. So... If God is saying, I want you to know your neighbor, are you going to obey? Or are you going to go down, down, down? Away from God? Um, maybe it's in regard to a specific behavior. You're drinking too much. You have anger issues. 
you become negative, you're dabbling in pornography, you're getting your needs met through social media, um, your self-worth is tied to how many likes you get on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Or, um, maybe it's in regard to your job. Um, you know you're supposed to do something else. And you're choosing to disobey. You're choosing instead to go to Joppa, down to the ship. I knew five years ago it was time for me to be done at Harvest in Story City. Um, you know, I was, I was pretty fried and burnt out from ministry. I'd been there 16 years, and it was time for something different. And I, I fought it. Because that twice-a-month paycheck is pretty nice. Maybe if you're a young, young one here, you're dating someone you know you shouldn't be involved with. If you're married, you're cultivating a relationship with a coworker or friend that you know could lead um, down a bad path. Um, and God's saying, arise. Be careful. Get up. So what is God saying to you? How is the Holy Spirit prompting you Today, what's he calling you to do? Where is he calling you to go? I've been on, I think, five short-term mission trips. Truly only wanted to go on three of them. Two of them, I had no interest in going to Haiti, no interest in Honduras. But I felt God was saying, I want you to go to Haiti and Honduras. So, you know, where's God calling you guys? And you choose to obey or disobey. We started this morning saying, I am Jonah. The thing is, I don't want to be Jonah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you um, for this book of Jonah that really shows us that you do speak to us and that you call us to specific tasks and you call us to change behavior. You call us into a relationship with you, and it's up to us whether we obey or disobey. Whether we obey or whether we choose, like Jonah, to go down to Joppa, down to the ship, down to the belly of the ship, and choose to lay down. And we thank you, Lord, for your patience, that as we choose, or when we choose to disobey, that you are there to say, arise, get up, come to me, and that you provide avenues to bring us back up to you, to bring us back into obedience, Lord. So we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for this church here in Iowa Falls. I, I pray, you know, that as you lead individuals here and as you lead the church um, to make positive steps and gains for your kingdom, Lord, I pray for obedience, um, even when it's hard. So, Lord, use the church, use the people in this church in some amazing, amazing ways. We acknowledge you as our Lord. We acknowledge you as our Savior. We acknowledge you as our King. Amen.